The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Make sure to check out HoopBall on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. Online, Hoop-Ball.com. Definitely make sure to tune in for them. There's a lot of great stuff going on all the time. I'm not even playing. We have an NBA uh, free agency kind of reaction uh, show coming up here real soon. We just had our NBA draft show last week. Uh, our fearless leader, Aaron Bruski did a great piece on NBA free agency in terms of value and how to get some good value ads, good value plays for guys, guys who you can look at that will be worth their, their money soon. I mean, it's, it's a really good write-up. Definitely make sure to check it out. Fantasy NBA Today with our own Dan Besbris had a great mini show, uh, their first one, uh, talking about some of the moves that we're going to hit up here in just a few minutes. Uh, it's just a lot of good stuff there. So you'd be missing out if you don't check it out. That's all I got to say. It speaks for itself. <laughs> Hoop-ball.com on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. Ladies and gentlemen, today is Tuesday, the 3rd of August, and we are entering day two of what was a hellacious day one of NBA free agency. A lot happened. A lot happened. A lot happened. <laughs> it was just crazy, y'all. Um, I don't even really know where to start with all of this. I guess the first thing I can do is look at the first signing. I mean, we all know all these trades were, you know, agreed upon just as soon as the clock hit, 3 o'clock Eastern, or 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific time. You know, all the free agents went and called their respective teams and hammered out agreements in less than four minutes, and everything was lined up for Woj and Sham. We knew this, right? Exactly. So we were just bombarded with a plethora of free agent signings that kind of honestly just blew me away. I'm still trying to update it as I speak. That's how insane it was. So we have to start with the first major move. Lonzo Ball, four years, $80 million to go to the Chicago Bulls. He'll be joined by the Caruso, Alex Caruso, who signed a four-year, $37 million deal also with Chicago. Uh, the one difference between Ali, uh, Alex Caruso, he just signed straight up. Uh, the Lakers aren't going to match that. Whereas Chicago um, sent Tilmas Dynaransky, uh Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick to New Orleans for Lonzo Ball. And the first thing I think about when you look at that for Chicago is they have some more defense now. They have some more depth point guard-wise or just guard play um, offense initiation-wise between Ball, Caruso, Levine. You have enough guys who can you know bring the ball up the floor and make plays for others, um, if not for themselves as well. So that's perfectly solid. You do have some more defense. And you have, I think, a more versatile lineup, especially with some of your returning members in Chicago, built, of course, around that core of this win-now playoff spot for uh, Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine, because those are the two moving forward that you want to keep in the tandem. But now you can invest more in youth. I really like the backcourt of Ball and Levine. I think it's going to be fire. Maybe you could even put uh, Levine at two, have um, Lonzo play the three and start Caruso. I doubt they will do that, but it's it's possible. Uh, For Chicago, you have to like it. Um, for New Orleans, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you have to like that all for New Orleans. New Orleans went and, of course, they received Tomas Sadaransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick uh, for Lonzo. So you already have those players added in. Now, remember, this is after uh, David Griffin made that series of moves last week to basically get off the contracts of Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams, even while acknowledging that those previous offseason moves weren't a success. So it's not exactly the, the spark of, of, of confidence when your GM is still, you know, 
upending moves from the year before. But then, the Pelicans went and landed Devontae Graham in a sign-and-trade with the Hornets. So, uh, they the deal is four years, $47 million for Devontae Graham. New Orleans is setting Charlotte's 2022 lottery-protected first-round pick. Uh, now, for Graham, in and of himself, I like it. He had a breakout season last uh, two years ago. Uh, he averaged 18 points and 7 assists. Uh, he finished 5th in MVP, NBA's uh, Most Improved Player Voting. Um, but the problem was, after they drafted LaMelo Ball, he was kind of used in a variety of ways. Sometimes he started you know, alongside Rogier and Ball. Other times he came off the bench. His production slipped as a result. Not a whole lot, you know, from 18-7 and 7 to 14-5, and 5, but just a little bit. Um, what you're getting from Graham is definitely three-point shooting. Uh, he's been a steady three-point shooter over the past couple of years. Uh, made 37% uh, two years ago, 37.3% two years ago. Made 37.5% last year, so he's really solid there. He's made 218 threes over the last two years, so that's fifth in the NBA. So that's great. Um, he shot 40% on catch-and-shoot threes last year, according to Second Spectrum. So that's ninth out of 62 players who had shot at least four catch-and-shoot three-pointers a game. But, you know, he's never shot higher than 40% from the field. He definitely is undersized, so you're not getting anything defensively. And, I mean, you can look at him being a solid player, a solid role player. Um, but for four years, 47, nah, I don't know. He's 26 now. You're going to get him through age 30, so it shouldn't be horrible. Um, I just don't know if that is the move you say, hey, have no fear, Zion. Devontae is here. You know, like, that's not something I'm exactly saying. If you have to give up a first-round pick for it as well, are you really winning in that way? Especially when Tomas Stadaranski is an adequate backup guard. I like it. Garrett Temple, knowledgeable. Solid 3 and D wing. Great veteran voice. Great in the community. Great leadership. Notice I haven't really brought a whole lot of basketball on-court stuff because he's a 3 and D guy, but at 35, he's kind of slipping on both. I just don't know if the cost that New Orleans paid out to get Devontae Graham with these guys was worth it, especially when you're losing that pick and you're losing Lonzo Ball. No mind you, it's lottery protected, but I could see the Pelicans a lot more in the same field they were this year than I can see them in the playing game or, or higher, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's a move, to be sure. I have not been high on David Griffin so far. I've made no qualms about that since he's been in New Orleans. And he continues so far to give me not ammunition to go blaze him down, but he's not giving me anything to go, you know what? He's been some solid moves here and there. I feel good. If I was Zion, I might consider just picking up the qualifying offer. Put some real pressure on him. All right, anyways, <laughs> kidding aside, let's go down to some more deals. Some of the ones that we kind of saw coming. Mike Conley re-signed with the Jazz, three years, $72 million. The Knicks went and recap, um, retained most of their free agents, at least their important ones. Alec Burke signed for three years and $30 million. Derrick Rose signed for three years and $43 million. And then you had um, Nerlens Noel re-signed with the Knicks as well for three years, $32 million. So, the Knicks went double down on that core that helped them finish fifth in the East last year. Uh, they seem to think that this is the way, and they're going to move forward as such. Tom Thibodeau and Derrick Rose, you knew the connection there was going to get him uh, retained. I don't know if I like the three years 43 mil for someone who's going to be going 33 in his battle injury Injury, you know, injuries literally the back half of his career so far. Uh, he had a very solid 35 games for the Knicks. I'm not denying that at all. Uh, he also went and had a very strong postseason for New York as well. So you you can't deny either of those. Rose went, and not only did he... Oh, excuse me there. Not only did he average 14 points and 4 assists per game while shooting just under 50% from the field through the remainder of the regular season, 
but in the postseason, he also shined as well. Burks played well, shot 41% from three, averaged 12 points last year. Uh, definitely found a home in New York as well. And Nerlens Noel, who's the one contract I wasn't that against. He played 64 games last year. He started 41 of them. Averaged a career-high 2.2 blocks, along with five rebounds and six uh, six rebounds and five points a game. Uh, he's only 27. He formed a nice partnership with uh, Mitchell Robinson when they were both healthy. Uh, I think he fills in perfectly as the primary guy when Robinson's hurt. But you have someone who knows what his, his role is. He's going to dive hard to the rim. He's going to give you that vertical threat. He's going to be able to finish plays without having to have plays called for him. So that's off of putbacks, off of lobs, you know, rebounding, blocking shots. That sort of presence New York's going to have. So it's going to key their defense just like it did last year. And you're getting him through the remainder of his athletic prime for the, proto, for the prototype or archetype that he plays. That's a better word I'm trying to say. For that rim-running big that he is, that athleticism, you're going to get, you know, I would say the best parts of that uh, from 27 to 30. The closest guy I look at in that same vein is, um, it's hard to even, (laughs) it's hard to bring him up to mind right now. There, DeAndre Jordan. Someone I would like roughly compare in terms of that type of role to Nerlens Noel, in terms of that type of athleticism, um... And, and filling that capably. I mean, come on now. Nerlens Noel is nowhere near that dynamic that DeAndre Jordan was. But notice I said DeAndre Jordan was because he signed that four-year deal at, what, 30, 31? And he has just been completely just cooked. He's just been cooked. Um, and it's kind of went back to the groundbound big that you expect once the high-flying days are over for bigs of his caliber. So for what those deals are, I'm not against them i just think when you're doubling down with this roster are you sure that this is the team that is going to achieve better heights or do you expect them to be somewhere in you know this fifth to seventh range that's where i see the knicks i don't know if i see them as like a solid three seed i mean look at what you have right now you have um the bucks who just won it all you have the brooklyn nets who have to get healthy you have the 76ers who are already in the mix you have the miami heat who we'll talk about in a minute they made major moves and then you're looking at the hawks as well then the knicks and maybe then even the Hornets. I mean, there's a few teams in that mix. The Knicks retaining everyone does not vault them higher than five. They, they aren't better than the other four. They just aren't. And I don't know if they're the ones you want to hit your wagon to and say, okay, take us all the way, especially when you're looking at an injury risk in Derrick Rose, a guy in Alec Burks who has been perfectly average his career, and a guy in Nerlens Noel who knows his role and does that okay, but by no means is someone that's going to like, you know, Take us home. Uh, you're not getting that with him. I, you're not getting that with anyone there. You're you're still putting a lot on the same guys that you pretty much had for this past season. Julius Randle, what's he going to do? You know, R.J. Barrett, what's he going to bring? Those are the guys you're looking at to kind of continue to bring the production they have. That's still, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it and just not valuing the Knicks enough. Or maybe their front office is buying too much of the Kool-Aid on uh, what New York did last year and how capable they are of replicating that again. I tend to lean toward the latter. And that's because, you know, there was another move that New York made just adding to the treasure trove of signings that they've done so far in bringing in Evan Fournier. Yes, that's right. Former uh, Orlando Magic long-term swingman. Had the little uh, brief uh, rendezvous with Boston. Is that the right word? I'm going to take it anyway. And now he is in New York. That's right. He signed a contract with the New York Knicks that is for four years and can be worth up to $78 million. That's according to Adrian Wojnarowski. The deal includes a team option on the fourth year, so at least you get some level of protection if you are the Knicks. However, I mean, that's a lot for Evan Fournier, especially for someone who didn't have the greatest of postseason in Boston, didn't really have a great fit in Boston in general. Uh, 
somewhat of a solid, I think he's had a solid tenure with the Magic. I'd say he has. Somewhat of a, of a weird last year with them. But in general, you're getting someone in Fournier who is going to get the shots. I'd imagine that. I just don't know if he's in a role that is very similar to that in New York where he's going to take on some playmaking offensive initiation, offensive creation. I thought he did a decent or adequate enough job for the Magic in that category up to a certain point, and I feel that he is simply going to take on that exact same role for the New York Knicks. It's it's decent. It's it's a B. It's a solid. I just don't know if it's someone you can reliably create offense for himself and others in that way, um, and he's not someone that reliably always creates offense for himself, so it's just an interesting deal, especially for the amount of money given, but again, the Knicks are just trying to stay competitive. I think that this does that. Um, this keeps them pretty much in the same spot that they were. Maybe there is some potential upside if teams get injured or, or come out the gate slow and the Knicks keep grinding and playing like they did last year where every game was like game seven of the finals in terms of their defensive intensity. That is certainly possible. Um, what is more likely to me is that they kind of regress to the mean and they're a middling kind of 500, just above 500 team. In which case you have this core locked up for a couple of years uh, to give you the same rate of basketball, which to me is something the Knicks of old would do. That's all. Again, maybe I'm a jaded New Yorker. It's very possible, but that's my initial take on these signings so far for New York. Looking at the Miami Heat, they have been busy with the biggest move being that of Kyle Lowry coming in. The 35-year-old, nine-year vet with the Raptors, Ben Lee, for longer than that, much longer than that, um, will be coming to the Miami Heat in a three-year sign-and-trade deal. Um, Per Woj, this is a straight-up three-year deal. Uh... We knew that this was going to happen. Miami did pick up that $19.4 million play option on Goran Dragic, and that was basically considered a precursor to a signing trade involving Larry. It kind of just made sense. According to um, Christian Hernandez of, ha- of Miami Heat Beat, uh, league sources confirmed to them that the Heat are sending Goran Dragic, Precious Chua, and a future second-round pick in the signing trade deal for Kyle Lowry. Uh, what do you get from Kyle Lowry? I mean, you already know. Last year, I mean, he averaged 17 points and 7 assists per game, shot 39% from 3, uh, get, brings extensive experience from the postseason, someone who has won a ring, someone who is going to get in your grill and defensive end, someone whose leadership is definitely just a given. His solid 3-point shooting, exceptional. Uh, scoring ability there in the bag. I think you're getting a solid player who's going to join a solid culture in Miami. And for... Toronto, you know, you're getting a savvy vet in Dragic who may stay, who may be rerouted. Maybe he wants to go to Dallas has been some of the word I've seen on Twitter. Uh, Atchu was a first-round pick uh, in the last year's draft, the 2020 NBA draft. Uh, he's athletic. He doesn't really have a whole lot of scoring right now, five points per game last year, but maybe in a bigger role where it, and it's more defined, uh, he can further shine and stand out. So you have that. But that wasn't all that Miami did. They have been busy, busy, busy. They went and re-signed um, Duncan Robinson on a five-year, $90 million deal. They went and retained Jimmy Butler with a four-year extension upwards of 184 mil with the Miami Heat. Then they went and signed Dwayne Dedman, re-signing him on a one-year deal. Someone who brings leadership, toughness, and some grit, can also shoot a little bit. Um, and I think he can help space the floor out alongside Bam Adebayo while he's on a team-friendly contract. And then they went with the shock of the evening for me, uh, signing P.J. Tucker to a two-year, $15 million deal. Uh, P.J. Tucker went on Twitter, basically said, you know, I'm going to miss the crew. Someone alluded to the fact that he might have been lowballed, so maybe there's that as well. But 
he's going to join Miami. He got the money he wanted, and this, the fact is, if Milwaukee did lowball him and he went to Miami for the offer they ended up taking, that's not that much money, considering. That's just what? Just seven plus mil per? That's kind of crazy that Milwaukee wouldn't retain him, knowing that his job, he did exceptionally well. Go out there and take the toughest defensive perimeter matchup, or the toughest matchup in general, and just do it to the best of his ability. Now he'll be in Miami, which already have a plethora of guys who will fill that need for him. So that might even lessen his load a little bit on the defensive end and keep a fresher P.J. Tucker. It's going to be interesting. The Lakers came into this having to fill 11 roster spots after that blockbuster trade for Russell Westbrook, leaving only Westbrook, LeBron, A.D., Marc Gasol, and Alfonso McKinney, who's on a non-guaranteed um, on the roster. And so they went and had to make moves fast. And they did make some good, solid signings, but they also had a major loss. Um, let's start with who they brought in. All of them ex-Lakers, I found that hilarious. Uh, they brought back Dwight Howard on a one-year deal. Trevor Reza on a one-year deal. Wayne Ellington, same thing. Wayne Ellington, of course, helped the Lakers win a championship in 2009. Dwight Howard helped the Lakers win a championship just uh, two years ago. Wayne Ellington played for the Lakers for one year. He's a career 38% three-point shooter. All three players obviously are joining LA on the one-year vet minimum. So they still have eight roster spots to fill. Even with those guys coming in, those guys are solid. I love the fact that Dwight Howard's back in LA. I thought he should never have left. Uh, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington are solid players as well. And so that's great. Uh, Only problem, Dwight Howard's 35 Trevor Reese is 36. LeBron James is 36. Russell Westbrook 33. Marcus Gasol is 36. <laughs> Only guy who's under 30 is Anthony Davis, and he's 28 and injury prone. You still have a restricted free agent that you deal with in Taylor Horn Tucker. And I might add, you lost Alex Caruso to a contract that you easily could have matched. I don't want to say easily because, like, yeah, it's money that you guys didn't want to spend, but you could have and you didn't. Alex Crusoe went to the Chicago Bulls on a four-year, $37 million deal, and what makes it even more interesting is that he went and got that offer from Chicago, went to see if the Lakers would match that. They said, nah, it's a little rich for our blood. Now you've lost your best defender on the roster. I mean, period. I, I just don't know. I, I think that for these moves that you made, I'm sorry, the Lakers also did sign um, another former Laker, uh, I think the same 2014-2015 year in Kent Bazemore. So solid for them. But these guys are going to have to play heavy minutes. Uh, again, these Lakers are trying to win win the championship. You wanna, you're you not going to win the championship from the AFC. That hasn't been done. Last team to make the finals from the AFC was the 1999 New York Knicks. I'm being a little bit dramatic here, but what I'm trying to say is that the Lakers need to be in the upper echelon of the league, right? upper echelon of the West, so you're going to have to ride these guys to get to 50 wins. At this stage of their career, are Trevor Reza, are Dwight Howard able to play that many minutes? LeBron's able to, but should he? Anthony Davis isn't, he's always injured. Uh, who is your dogs? You know, Russell Westbrook has already kind of gone back and forth, he's vacillated between playing back-to-backs and not back-to-backs. It's complicated, it's a lot to deal with. So, for the Lakers right now, it's like it's like this. Uh, who are your guys that are going to run these minutes, that are going to take, you know, the the heavy the heavy dog days in January and February and play that heavy load because right now you really don't have them uh, again there's still time eight roster spots left but right now the Lakers are, are waiting for Carmelo Anthony to decide whether you choose the Lakers or the Knicks uh, in currently in free agency you know they still have their mid level exception to float around so we'll see who falls that might be able to take that as well there's still some moves for the Lakers to make despite having like virtually no real money to kind of get like big big anything but the 
players that they are signing, it's almost like what I would do in 2K, the vets that don't really, you know, you don't know how much they have in the tank, but you're hoping they have more in the tank than they probably do. That usually spells a recipe for disaster. So we'll see how they continue to adjust, but this is what the Lakers are right now. A lot better than where they started, to be honest, but they still have a long way to go. Let's talk about some players who were retained by their uh incumbent team Tim Hardaway Jr. re-upped with the Mavericks for four years 72 million dollars really proud of him getting his bag Gary Trent Jr. returned for three years 54 million with Toronto that's basically 18 mil which some people are balking at I'm not too upset at that given that uh Trent is only 22 definitely has a lot more room to grow and I think in Toronto you have the staff that can kind of eke out that development from him and kind of see what he can be. There's definitely going to be shots available and maybe he can kind of fill that need and become someone that's more than a three and hustle D kind of person. Uh, speaking of that, Gary Trent was traded uh, for Norman Powell. Norman Powell also re-upped with the Blazers on five years, $90 million. So basically the same $18 million uh, per year, but for an extra two years. Not sure how I feel about it toward the end of the run of that contract, but for the first couple of years, it's pretty solid. Powell's been playing very well over the last couple of years. Shot the ball very good from three. Definitely deserving of a decent contract. Austin Rivers returned to the Denver Nuggets on a one-year minimum deal, so that happened. Will Barton returned to the Denver Nuggets um, on a two-year $32 million deal, which was surprising to me, considering some of the angst that you could kind of feel Barton had with the Nuggets, especially in the bubble, but I guess all is well that pays well, I mean, ends well. <laughs> that was a joke, but also on purpose, right? So that happened. Um, Jermichael Green returned to the Nuggets. Two years, $17 million. Uh, Bobby Porter's returned to the Bucks. Two years, $9 million. That was something that happened. Mike Muscala returned to the Thunder. Two years, $7 million. Jared Allen re-upped big time with the Cleveland Cavs. Five years, $100 million. He definitely got it all. You're going to have a twin towers between him and Evan Mobley. That should be exciting to see from a youth perspective to see how those bigs coexist together. Uh, definitely int- interested to see how that goes about. Going back to Denver, not only did you get to Michael Green, but you also got Jeff Green. Yes, that's right. Jeff Green, after years of minimum contract deals, finally got a decent paycheck. Two years, $10 million with the Denver Nuggets. Definitely has that versatility. Play the three in some spots, play the four, play the five like he did for uh, Brooklyn for chunks of last year. So to have him and Michael Green there definitely makes your front court more spacey alongside Nicole Jokic with guys who can, you know, put the ball on the floor a little bit, shoot the three ball well, uh, put the ball on the floor more Jeff Green than Michael, but still do a little in-between game, stuff like that. That basically does spell the end of Paul Millsap in Denver, so we'll have to see where he pops up. I think if you have the money, you should be looking at Paul Millsap. Even at his advanced age, he can still get it done. Definitely someone you want to keep an eye on if you're trying to compete. Uh, Trey Lyles, two years, $5 million for the Detroit Pistons. Interesting. Not sure how I feel about that. I do know how I feel about Kelly Olynyk signing with the Pistons on a three-year, $37 million contract. I like that. I think with the Linux, you get someone who can space the floor well, had a great year in Houston, has had a solid year, solid couple of years already, um, even before that with Miami. Uh, someone who's going to come in and give you some more room to run a, a more base offense with Kate Cunningham, with Killian Hayes, because you have a center who can stretch out and, and shoot the long ball. And I think that's going to be big for Detroit, uh, alongside Isaiah Stewart and others that they have um, playing those positions. They have some sneaky shooters now. You have them, you have Sadiq Bey, Jeremy Grant can shoot three, you know, Kate Cunningham is in the mix. I kind of like what Detroit is cooking. 
It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Alex Len went to the Kings two years, 7.65 mil. Interesting signing for them. He's already played with them before, but he had a a nice campaign in Washington, so not the worst thing in the world. Cody Zeller signed with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, The specifics of that haven't been announced just yet. Torrey Craig, no longer with the Phoenix Suns. He is with the Indiana Pacers now on a two-year, $10 million deal, uh, taking the place of Doug McDermott, who signed a three-year, $42 million deal with the San Antonio Spurs. Now, the Spurs. I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm not. You would think that this would be the year that you would look at development. You have Rudy Gay off the books. You have Patty Mills off the books. You have Mar DeRozan off the books. And you have guys that you really want to figure out where they stand for the Spurs long term. DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson. These are, are, are more of your youth right now. Devin Vassell, who you just drafted last season. Jacoperto is not exactly young, but he's there. You have a young big coming behind him and Drew Eubanks. So this would be the time to bring in some more young guys, develop them, maybe make a run into John Collins or something, and see, you know, what kind of team the Spurs will be in two years' time. But no, they signed Doug McDermott, who's 29, to a deal that pays pretty decently, you know, Uh Three years, 42 mil is no little penny. And then they went and, and grabbed, and mind you, he's young and 23 years old, but injury-prone, Zach Collins. And not only that, but to three years, 22 million. I didn't know the market was that robust for Zach Collins. Mind you, in theory, uh, a big who can space the floor, you know, has a, a potential-laden offensive game is solid, but we haven't seen that. Portland's been asking for that last couple of years, and they've had Zach Collins there in spirit. They've had Zach Collins there on the bench. They haven't had Zach Collins out there knocking down threes, playing defense, rebounding the ball. That's because he's been injured. So the Spurs are making a pretty hefty investment for the player, if not the contract. And for the years as well, I would have done a one-year prove-it-to-me contract. This is this is interesting. Speaking of interesting, another one I was kind of weird about, TJ McCollum. Uh, TJ McConnell, excuse me, re-signed with the Pacers, four years, 35 mil. TJ McConnell is 29 years old, this would take him to age 33, solid point guard, scrappy, great playmaker, good speed, not a good shooter, not a good shooter at all, someone who defensively is fine, but I mean, do you need to have him for four years, I'd have been better with 35 or three, you know, just over 10 mil per year, I don't know if I like the overpay, even though, you know, he has been important to the Pacers over the last couple of years, that seemed like a lot to me, um, Sterling Brown agreed to a deal with the Mavericks for two years. David Nwaba returned to the Houston Rockets on a very good deal. Five mil per for age 28-year-old swingman who plays good defense and shot the best of his career from three last season. Uh, Really good. Three years, 15 mil total. Not bad at all. Um... You've had some some nice value signings in here. Mo Harkless, two years, nine mil with the Kings, who again are, you know, kind of driving that line between being competitive and not being competitive, I guess. I don't know. It's like solid moves that may or may not go anywhere. We shall see. Uh, Gorgie Jang signed with the Hawks for a one-year deal worth $4 million. That's some additional depth uh, at the big position. Um Definitely some shooting. I think he comes in great while you have the injury loss of Onyeke Kongwu. So you have someone who can back up Clint Capella, who's going to get some minutes and brings a little more stretch in his game. And that's a good thing to have. 
Uh, and then Daniel Tice, who is going to bring basically what Kelly Linux is going to bring to the Detroit Pistons, having that veteran big can space the floor and kind of help the young guys kind of grow around someone who doesn't need the ball but can definitely be like a release valve. That's what Daniel Tice is going to do for the Rockets on, on a pretty decent deal, just as rich in terms of money, just a million less, but for a year more, four years, 36 mil for the Rockets. And that is, of course, in comparison to Kelly Linux, three years, 37 mil. So you definitely have some interesting moves made so far on day one of free agency uh winners losers i'm gonna wait till the end of day two so that'll be uh tomorrow night to kind of talk about this or yeah tomorrow night you'll hear my winners and losers after we get a few more signings i want to see how the lakers continue to take shape i want to see what happens possibly to a demar Derozan. what happens possibly um to a dennis Schroeder. there's some guys that are still up in the air will the wizards get a point guard soon that is something i'm interested in as well uh i guess a clear winner right now will be the suns they retain chris paul Four years, 120 mil, a little rich for my blood, not going to lie to you, but they also went and got Cameron Payne back as well uh, for basically nothing considering the type of player that he was for the Suns last year, three mil, uh, three years, 19 mil, not bad at all. So uh, for Phoenix, you look good in that case. You pick up your two guards, you bring them back, uh, you know, Chris Paul's contract uh, at age 40. I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. It's a lot of money. But he definitely showed his worth this past year, and you're paying for what he gave you almost as much as you're paying for what he will give you. So that's solid. For Cameron Payne, you're getting him from 26 through 29. Uh, solid years for a guard who should be hitting his prime. That's a great deal. And then you also went and got a backup big, which you needed, with JaVale McGee, someone who brings you some, some similar size to DeAndre Ayton, can finish around the rim, can definitely be a great shot blocker, plays the perfect amount of minutes that will just do enough to spell uh, DeAndre Ayton without doing enough that you're running McGee ragged. So I love the addition of JaVale McGee as well. And you also take into account the fact that the Suns already made a solid move bringing Landry Shamit from Brooklyn. So they had that as well. Right now, I think you look at the Suns and they're a clear winner of day one if there was one. Um, but you also have to look at the Heat as well. The Heat, you know, retaining for long-term Jimmy Butler. Solid. Four years, 184 like we talked about. You know, having Duncan Robinson's a good deal. P.J. Tucker is good. You made you made the solid moves in the margins that you should be proud of. I don't know how I feel about this team in two years' time because all these guys are like 31 to 33, 35 already. You know, Kyle Lowry already, these guys are older. So, with the team that's long in the tooth, how will they continue? You know, will injuries have that much of an impact? Will they just get wore down? Uh, We shall see, but so far, you have to like where the Miami Heat are headed. And for a loser, see, I talked myself into this. I was going to do a winner's losers, and I'm already kind of doing one. For the losers... Uh, you know, it's day one of the NBA free agency period. There are no losers. There are no losers. We'll find one tomorrow. But for today, everyone's a winner because we all get to enjoy NBA free agency. If there was a loser, I'd probably put them as the Spurs. But that is going to be it for day one of NBA free agency. There is so much we have to dive into, and we will over the next coming days. So definitely make sure to stay tuned for that. We will be running it back, as every returning free agent is saying right now on Twitter for the NBA. We will be returning. We'll be making our mark. Don't call it a comeback. We already here. Definitely make sure to stick around. So until tomorrow. I'm Frosty. Y'all stay frosty and I will talk to y'all then. Alright, y'all. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.